It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Well, it's not Johnny today. It's Tony on Spears on Sports. It's really Scooter and Tony on Sports today. So, if you're tuning in, John's down at Kennesaw State, down in Atlanta area, getting ready to do the Bellarmine game tonight. He always tells you you can listen on our friends at uh, 680 a.m. tonight. Uh, the, the night's trying to get another win, but it's me and Scoot today, and uh, you can join us on the Eminem Cartage Hotline at 502-384-1450. The Thornton's Text Line is 502-414-1450. Thornton's, uh, Scoot, I stopped. Listen, hey, you got yours? Uh, no, I, I drank it already. I went earlier today. Did you? So I yeah. stopped, and it only cost me $2. I'm going to tell you what the deal is. You go in and you get the 89 cents, 32 ounce, fill the chill, draft drink, uh, fountain drink, and then you get a 20 ounce bottle for a buck. So it was two bucks. I walked out of there with a fill the chill, my Gatorade here, and a Diet Mountain Dew for two bucks. Can you do that? I they mean, tried to sell me. A candy bar for a dollar, and I knew if I bought it, I'd eat it. So oh, they, buy it. they still have those available? Oh. I snagged one of them yesterday. Yeah, they still got them up on the counter. So uh, if you need to stop, get your gas at Thornton's, get anything else you do. They've got the breakfast food. They've got the fountain drinks and uh, anything else you need to make that quick stop and get the gas. So Thornton's great sponsor. And uh, once again, I had to wear my Shady Rays today because hey. the sun's out. And what would you have not seen in a while? And I've got three pairs of those Shady Rays, so... I had mine on today, took them off before I came in. I made the mistake of leaving mine at the house because I'm not used to the sun coming out. Yeah, what is the deal there with the sun? We haven't seen that in a week or so. It was the cloudiest January on record in our area. Yeah, it's crazy. It rained so much. Uh, The weather forecast from Tony uh, Wills here is uh, (laughs) in the 50s for about the next week is what I saw. So we're supposed to see sun. Things are supposed to get a lot better. But things didn't get a lot better in Lexington last night for the Wildcats. And uh I think we'll start there today, Scoot. Uh, Wildcats, I know you probably talked about it this morning. I didn't get an opportunity. I've been on the road. Uh, Kentucky drops to 15-5. and five. No DJ Wagner, no Justin Edwards last night, no excuses. They should have won the ball game, and they lose it in overtime. And, and your impression, Scoot, at the end of that game, I'm going to give mine, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, I was – I don't know. It was one of those games that it was, it was kind of back and forth, never really felt like Kentucky had – control that game until there was what a minute left and they were up four that's when I first started thinking okay Kentucky's they're gonna escape this one they're gonna win it and then you have the whole Dillingham going up to the line thing and I know that a lot of Kentucky fans weren't in favor of him being the one going to the line but I'm okay with that I'm okay with Dillingham going there just unfortunate he was he couldn't hit that second free throw and then of course, the defense on the other end, allowing a guy who had splashed home six threes to get that open third. Well, I mean, it, I guess you can call it somewhat open three. I mean, he just he made the shot and and got it into overtime. So, yeah, it, really disappointing from a Kentucky perspective that they weren't able to pull that out. And like you said, you didn't have DJ. You didn't have Edwards. Edwards, you don't really have any game. So, I mean, DJ definitely hurts. I think – Every game that we have seen Kentucky play now without DJ Edwards, whether it was last night or the UNC Wilmington game, just shows you how important of a player he is for them, right? Yeah, and you, you know, Shepard played all 45 minutes in the game. He played great, but you do want to get that different rotation in there some. Mm-hmm. And the, the three guards for Kentucky played great. I'll go over that in a minute. But this this is 
everybody yells about fouling under five. John texted me, and I'm a fan of it. I teach my kids that we foul under five because I played in a game one time. And five I seconds, right? Yeah, five seconds. I'm yeah. sorry. And uh, I fouled with like eight or nine seconds in a game thinking it was a great move. So they go up and hit two, three throws. We throw it in. They foul me in one second. Guy goes down and misses the front end of the one and one. They come down and score. So you have to be careful how you foul. And then again, you don't want to foul a three-point shooter in a three-point game. Tucky should have fouled. But when the ball got into Clayton and you can't foul him outside that three-point line because if you go to foul him and he shoots it, he's going to get three. Now, the, the opposite of that is they shot a three. They made it. Game goes on overtime. You lose the game. But Dillingham going up the line was just like you, Scoot. I, I was, I was, you know, thinking he was going to hit two. You know, one thing Dillingham does is he doesn't have a conscience. Right. So when he goes up there, he's not worried about what's happening. He thinks he's going to make it. But guys miss him. Guys miss layups. We've seen that. But here's some numbers for you last night. Kentucky shot 45% from the field, 39 from three, and the bugaboo was the 65 from the foul line. They were 11 for 17. Florida shot 41 from the field. 43 from the three-point line and 82 from the foul line. They were 18 for 22. So if you look at that, the foul shooting's the difference. I know you can give me all the stats. You can give me all the stuff. But Tucky missed six. They only missed four, and they took more. So that's a big thing. Both teams only had nine turnovers, which is pretty impressive yeah. both ways. And that was just a really good basketball game. Kentucky fan says, oh, we should have won the game. It's killing us. We're not winning at home against unranked teams. It's a good team, that Florida team. And – in this day and age, with the transfer portal and NIL, Florida's three leading scorers last night were transfers this year. Clayton Jr. was from Iona. He had 23 points. He had no assists, but he, had, he was 7 for 13 from the three-point line. Pullen was a transfer, I think, from Cal Santa Barbara. 21-7-7. Seven, and seven. And then Samuel, I can't remember where he transferred from. He was really good. 22-13 and four block shots. So you look at that. But then I flipped that, and I look at Kentucky. Uh, well, both teams, first of all, Kentucky had 48 rebounds, and Florida had 50. So the rebounding was even. Everything's mm-hmm. pretty even but the three-throw shooting. Reed Shepard plays 45 minutes. He has 24 points, eight rebounds, and six assists. I mean, you can't ask for more of that than a guy that played the whole game. Reeves, 19 points, four rebounds, three assists. He's 39th in the country, shooting 50 from the field, 44 from three-point line, and 80 from the three throw line. Dillingham has 24 and four last night. Onyenso, 13, 16, and eight. How do you lose? Well, the other team played pretty well, too. So the Kentucky people are heading to the bridges and jumping off because they lost to an unranked team at home. I understand that. They used to go to the bridges to cross over into Indiana to place their wagers. Now they're just going to jump off. <laughs> well, they got to get foul with the Louisville fans <laughs> that are in the way in their red shirts. So, but it, really and truthfully, I mean, Kentucky fan is so upset. They've lost two home games, unranked teams. But with this transfer portal, you don't know who the good teams and who's not. Do you agree or disagree? No, I I agree with that. And I, I kind of want to pick your brain about the atmosphere at Rupp last night. I was, all things told, that being a big game like it was, Florida uh, has become a rival over the years. I didn't think the atmosphere was great. And I've, I've thought that a couple times about Rupp Arena this season. And I, I just don't know what's going on there because, I mean, they should be going raucous the whole game, right? Especially yeah. in a game like that. You still have the blue-haired people down front, the money people. So, you know, the students are in the end zone. Students go up one of the sides, and a lot of people 
when they when Kentucky's at home, I think they come in, sit down, you know, when it's Kansas or North Carolina and it's on a Saturday or whatever, everybody's jacked up. But for some reason, it's always been that way. And I've been to a lot of games there. And when things aren't, you know, it's not that typical like Duke crowd or Michigan State that has all the students up front. And when things aren't going right, they sit and watch. You, you almost got to do something to get them going. Yeah but, yeah, but that's unfortunate because Rep Arena should be one of the biggest home court advantages in the country. And it used to be. I just don't feel like it's that way anymore. Yeah, but, you know, I was thinking about this, too, when I was doing my prep work here. Actually doing prep work. Come on. John, I, you know, sorry, John. Got a leg I, up I, on yeah, him. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> but, you know, just with all of the stuff going on in the transfer portal, that these teams, teams like Kentucky and Kansas and North Carolina, they just beat everybody because they had better players. And Kentucky has really good players. I don't, I don't want to take anything against I think, I think they still have a chance down the road to be in the mix in the final four. But these other teams have good players because they're just not taking freshmen and trying to make them better. They're taking established players that are coming in at smaller schools that average 20 a game and are, are good. And you just can't show up and beat these teams anymore. Yeah. By the way, did you see Onyenzo, the first cat ever to have 13, 16, and 8 in a game? Wow. That's... Actually, you could take the points out of it. He's the first ever Kentucky player to have 16 rebounds, 8 blocks. And I heard some people earlier in the year like, oh, gosh, you know, he's not going to play, all this stuff. But, boy, he protects that rim, doesn't he? And he's oh, yeah. long and tall. Well, and it, it's unfortunate that Kentucky lost the game because the whole narrative today, if they are able to pull that game out, is is wrapped around on Yinzo, right? And how Cats finally have their answer at the five and how good he looked and per, perhaps that's the guy you go with moving forward. And that's just – that's been a very little talking point today for, for all of Sports Talk Radio just because Kentucky lost the game. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you got two other guys. Bradshaw hasn't done much, mm -mm. but you still have him at seven feet tall to play behind if Indianso's not playing well. We've seen him, we saw Indianso start the game. You still have Big Z for minutes. So you, you can play that position with a lot of guys. The, the one that hurt him last night, and it's the guy that's the glue guy that plays well every game that couldn't score was Trey Mitchell, yep. and Trey Mitchell missed a lot of shots. He didn't do anything wrong. He just couldn't put the ball in the basket, and if right. he makes a couple shots, you know, they stretch it out at the end of the game, and I know you can say that about any game and any player on Florida if they just scored more points, you know, Mr. Obvious here, but, yeah, Trey Mitchell had a bad night, and I think that was where the difference in the game was for the Cats, and for Florida, the three games, I, the three guys I named, Clayton, Pullen, and Samuel, they had 66 of their 94 points last night. They had nobody else in double figures. So those guys were really good. And, you know, there was 29 lead changes in that game. There was 15 ties. And the biggest part of the game, see if you agree with me, was the end of the first half. Kentucky's got a 10-point lead, and Florida cuts it to five there at the end. And if Kentucky had a chance even to go up more than 10, and I think that built confidence for Florida, yeah. and I think it kept them in the ballgame. Yeah, I agree with that. One thing, though, you're a coach, so I kind of want to pick your brain about this. Was the whole – with the free throw shooting, Trey Mitchell, a number of the things we discussed, does tired legs play a factor in that? I, I think sometimes. I think as much tired legs as mentally, when, you, when you're just a little tired and you go up there, uh, it might be the difference in just a little bit of push in your legs. And Yeah, but I don't think they would use that as excuses. You know, right. there's, there's so many – the timeouts are so long, and if you're smart and you 
take guys out of the game right before the TV timeouts, about a minute or 30 seconds before, you give them, you give them four or five minutes. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if DJ Wagner plays in that game and gives them a little more, you know, a little more depth, and that could help them a whole lot. But, you know, you, you, you can't find excuses. You have to find a way to win. But, you know, I pulled up the SEC stats. Uh, Auburn last night, what a – what a huge win for Auburn, and they, they screwed up everybody in the SEC. If they lose last night, they're down 17-2 to two to Georgia start the game. I had it on for a little bit. and Alabama. Oh, I say, I, what I say? Auburn. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Alabama. Thank you. And 17-2, to two, and they come back with four minutes, take the lead, and put Georgia away. They're so, down 14 at half. Yeah, I mean. I, got the, I was so mad at myself for not live betting Alabama last night. Yeah, that's so that, bad. You, you figure they're going to come back, don't you? But here's the numbers in the SEC. Alabama's the 24th ranked team in the country. They're 7-1. and one, They're 15-6. and six. South Carolina, who nobody saw coming, same deal. Uh, transfers, 6-2, and 18-3. Auburn is 6-2, and 17-4. And Tennessee, number five, who's lost their, their last couple. They're 5-2, and two, and they're 15-5. and five. Ole Miss is 5-3, and 18-3. And Kentucky's 5-3, and 15-5. And, and Florida's 5-3, and 15-6. and six. So if Alabama loses last night, everybody's within a game. Mm-hmm. But by Alabama pulling that game out, they're you know they're in control right now. But there's a lot of games to be played. A lot of these teams are going to beat each other up. So Kentucky fan, don't jump. You might not get in the seed that you know you're thinking of the one, the two, all that stuff. They're fine, and they'll be fine. Does the defense worry you at all? Yes, it does. But you you know everybody. Oh, the thing they they did a pretty good job early, and then when well, you play an overtime game and and you. Here's what I, I explained to John a lot, and it took him a while to do this with St. X because they're running, they're scoring 80, 90 a game. There's going to be more possessions in the game if you're scoring a lot of points. And if you're scoring, if you're having more possessions, the other team is going to get more possessions. But they have to do a better job. I thought they did a little better job in the in the ball screen action last night, but where they're weak is on the drive to the basket. They do not do they do not stop the ball enough, and that's where the concern is. And that's where the help comes from Inyenso. But they got to fix all those things before late in the year. But, yep. you know, everything comes down to the final score. It's a process. And, you know, you look at Purdue last night. I know you're a big Purdue fan. And <laughs> Purdue wins, you know, 105-96. I was watching that in OT. Jeez. Edie has 30-15. and 15 And looks like – Northwestern's going to have a shot to beat them at Purdue. They should have, and in regulation, Boo Booey had a nice little floater that if he just makes it as time expires, they they don't even have to go to overtime. Yeah, and Purdue loses at home in yeah. conference, and and those are tough games. But did you see Chris Collins get tossed? I mean, he should have, right? Oh, he was out on the court. He should have. If I, if I'm a coach at the at the D1 level and my team is getting outshot at the free throw line uh, by 38 yeah. attempts. I'm getting thrown out, too. That's ridiculous. Well, I don't care how Purdue plays. I know they go inside. I know Edie's tough to defend. But there should never, ever, ever be a free throw discrepancy of 38. That's the biggest in Big Ten history. Did you see the the non-call on the baseline when Purdue had the ball and there was a hook? Purdue had the ball. They had him trapped in the cone right in front of the Northwestern bench. And 55, uh, help me. Uh, the guard. Oh, guard I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't think of his name. He hooked. I mean, he put his arm all the way around the mm-hmm. Northwestern defender and the ball. They called it out. They called a foul 
I believe, on Northwestern. The ball went out one way or the other, but it was a hook. It should have been an offensive call, and Northwestern got the ball. And I think it all built up from all the foul shots and that non-call that they that Northwestern didn't get. And what I loved about Collins is when the game was – when there was – they had to put like .4 on the clock and shoot four three throws. He was walking down, and he was thumbs up to Matt Painter. He, he, he was looking <laughs> at the Purdue guys and waving. He went over and hugged uh, uh, Edie. But he was trying to tell them they played a great game, but he was so mad that he, he couldn't. And then when he was leaving, he was telling the crowd, he was giving them the arms up, like, give me some more of that. Cheer against me. And I'm like, Coach Collins – Calm down just a little, man. Just calm down. You're okay, brother. It was Lance Jones, by the way. Okay, thank you. Well, i tell you what. Let's go ahead. Uh, that's pretty much on the Kentucky side, the first uh, segment here. And let's go ahead and take a break here on Spears on Sports on the Big X. Back on Spears on Sports, it's Scoot over there behind the wall. It's Tony, and it's ZZ Top here today. So, as always, the greatest intro in Big X sports history. Can't do any better than I'd agree. heard it on the X, man. I'd agree. Well, going back to college basketball for a little bit here, Scoot, last night, I turned on the Connecticut-Providence game, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this game's not over yet. It started at 8, uh, it was 8.30 again, because they were 6.30 and 8.30. The game lasted over two and a half hours. There was 48 Ooh fouls in the game it was a close game Connecticut pulls it out by nine but can you imagine it was the most in Big East this year fouls in a game how exciting would that be to sit and watch be boring I mean I was actually I was watching that game and I didn't even realize that there was that many fouls. I did think it was taking a little long it wasn't <laughs> over but I think I crawled in bed about 8 10 30 and it wasn't over yet so I did that did cross my mind, but I didn't realize it was because of the foul situation. Providence was up big early in that game. Yeah, and they, they're they're playing you know without Bryce Hopkins, the mm-hmm. Kentucky transfer, who was their best player. That I believe it was his ACL he tore. But you know UConn's nine and one. I mean uh, in the conference they're nineteen and two. But Providence, like you said, I, I like watching the Big East games. But I think it was Tim Brando doing the game, and he said, "I think I'm not gonna. I got a flight at three thirty in the morning. And I got to stay up, and I'm not gonna make it." <laughs> Because that game lasted so long, but Big East basketball. If you're if you're ever looking for college basketball to watch, I like watching those Big East. It's games. It's entertaining. Yeah, and last night this is one that it, it just kind. Of, I always watch St. John's when they play. I don't know. It's the Rick Pitino thing. I don't know what it is. It's why. the Rick Pitino thing. I know. Don't lie to yourself. No, I know. So and <laughs> and I'm pulling against him. I don't care if I'm a Kentucky fan or Louisville <laughs> fan. You're pulling against him. So he gets 11 transfers this year. Uh, Mike Rapoli, the horse racing guy, is the big. Uh, sponsor, you want to say, or booster, I guess is the word to say for St. John's. So they bring in 11 transfers when Rick Pitino comes through. He's a billionaire. So they're paying all these guys. St. John's going to be back because he's going to pay for all these players. So Rick goes out last night to Xavier, who's 9 and 10 that comes in, and they get beat last night by 88 to 77. And now Rick, who started pretty quick this year, is 13 and 8. And he's five and nine, uh, five and five in the conference. Mm. And you know, it looked when the season started, it looks like you know Rick Pitino doing Rick Pitino things. But it, it takes a while. And is Rick Pitino? He's a great coach. Mm-hmm. I, I know that, and I, I I actually met him one time up in New York when I was up at the ECAC 
holiday tournament that long ago with Jamal Mashburn was playing for Kentucky. But he's a great coach. But are these guys in their 70s? Does it, is it going to just take them too long to get this stuff done? You know, it's it's tough to say because I, I think back to all the NFL discussions we had and all the coaches that left and even Nick Saban. They're they're all what, 72, 73 yeah, 71, years old? 72 years old. So it's – I don't – yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know even how much longer Rick wants to do this, but it doesn't seem like he's slowing down. So I don't no. – I wouldn't be concerned with it. Yeah, I, and I agree with that. I, I just – Man, when when you're 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 fighting to get back up on top, you're doing it every day. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. I'm 60, man, and I stay in pretty good shape. But coaching freshmen sometimes even wears me out. I can't imagine with all the travel, all the work you have to put in, mm-hmm. and you do it night and day. You know, when he was at Kentucky and Louisville, they were up five o'clock in the morning playing basketball, doing that. You're in the office till late. You got to recruit these kids. Now that he has the backing of Mike Rapoli, that he has the money to go out and get these guys, but man, it's just, I'm happy at 60 being retired and living, living man, the way I'm living. I'm, yeah. I'm happy. I like going to the gym. I like, uh, doing the show here. I like going to a, a two hour practice. I like going and watching games. Like you said, I'm never home. Wife, you know, wife says, Hey, you coming home for dinner tonight. Now I'm going to the ball game. So I, I just think you get to a point in life when, you know, you, you need to take in everything, your family, your friends, everybody, because you're always on the move. But that's a choice, and a lot of guys keep moving that way. So Rick Pitino kind of reminds me of the whole Joe Paterno just character, and whereas he it feels like he needs the game of basketball, you know, whereas when Paterno had that taken away from him, I mean, uh, it's a little crass, away. little crass, but he didn't last long after that. So I, I, I just feel like Rick Pitino's in a similar boat where – what he's always done it's what he always wants to do and if you take that away from him then who knows yeah it's that motor his motor's always running he's living it and loving it well and you mentioned the the money and the boosters that he's got that it's funny because a lot of coaches have gotten out of coaching the older guys that we've discussed and it seems like they're doing it because of the whole nil situation whereas Rick Bettino almost has the mindset of embracing it and like, hey, this is this is going to make my job a whole lot easier. I don't have to go out and recruit. I can just look in the transfer portal, throw him out of money at this kid, and hopefully he comes here. Yeah, and uh, for people that don't know, um, Massiello is his assistant coach, and he was the head coach up there, Steve Massiello, at Manhattan for a long time, and now he is Rick's right-hand man. And you know, when he was at Kentucky – he just sat on the bench. He was the end of the bench guy, but he was there to become a coach, and it's worked out. It's full circle. Came back where he's helping Rick out. But the system last night, Scoot. Hey, oh. There's only two games in the system last night. You know what happened to the system? I do not. It was 0 2. Georgia was one. That Georgia true. was at yeah. home. That they had that big lead. And if you're if you're playing the system, you're going, man, that's a great start. We're getting points. We're at home. We're at 15, 14, half. Everything's great. And then the other loser was uh, Central uh, was South Florida. Yeah, Central Florida. What I say, South Florida. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, I can't think and do this, man. <laughs> no, it's Central Florida. UCF, USF are easy to confuse. Nah, it's not. They that seem hard. like the same school. Not that hard. I just, <laughs> I just kind of blew it there. But uh, yeah, the Knights, uh, they didn't cover either. And uh, but uh, New Mexico uh, was not the system, but they lost. Last night at home to Boise State, they were a top 20. Those were the top 20 teams. So you look at those uh, system bets, and we got one tonight. You know what the one is tonight? 
Uh, Nebraska and Wisconsin. It is, and Nebraska is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, according to ESPN. What do you like there? So that tells you to slam Nebraska. Tells right? you to, I mean, yeah. that, that, that line doesn't make any sense. Wisconsin's in the top ten, but Nebraska is a tough place to play. They've given some teams some fits at home. Yeah, Fred Hoiberg doing a good job. It's taken yeah. him a while there at Nebraska, but I've always thought uh, Hoiberg was a, a really, really good coach, and I think it's starting to show a little bit. And the other top 20 game tonight will be on the Pac-12 network, if you got that. I got them, most of them, but I don't have that one. Arizona, number 11, 15 and 5 is playing Cal, 8 and 12. Arizona is 18 and a half. Fire on the home team, Scoot? Yeah, I'm firing on the home team. California's poof, not good. Yeah. That, but Arizona that, hasn't been playing well as of late. Yeah, that's kind of an enigma. You know, they, they have a lot of talent, but I don't know what it is about Arizona year in, year out. Now that Sean Miller's gone and uh, Lloyd's there, they – they seem to have a better system, but it always seems that they drag along. But then again, they've only got five losses. Everybody in the country's yeah. got three, four, and five losses. So I think it's overblown some of the time. But college basketball, not a whole lot on the slate tonight, but those are a couple games for you that if you're really looking to make a wager on a college game, uh, which a lot of people listening to this show do. <laughs> uh, and I, I, let's, let's change. Let's change. Let's go into that for a second. John has had a horrible record of picking games mm -hmm. over the last two, three years. Yeah. And this year he's doing a good job. So what do you tell the better? Do you say, do you leave the guy which you were betting against that you were killing it and then he starts winning? Or do you just go, eh, let's go with him this year. Sooner or later he's going to win. Well, that I mean, that's the thing about gambling, right, is you can follow people that, put out their bets. I mean, much like Spears, he, he gives you some every single day on the show, but at the end of the day, don't you have to make your own decision? Don't you have to be your own man, make your own decisions when it comes to sports gambling? Because at the end of it, we none of us know what's really going on. We're, we're all just trusting our gut. And, and you're exactly right. And the one thing is, usually the people that follow other people and bet their way are people who are losing. Yeah. You know, they're not people who are winning. You know, how many guys you see in Gamblers Anonymous that are winning? <laughs> It's true. Not no. many. Because <laughs> they're just cashing those, cashing those tickets and, and making their money. So, yeah. But, you know, the one thing about what I like when John talks about spreads and you talk about them is if you are a gambler, it gives you ideas. It's like an assistant coach mm -hmm. to me. I tell assistant coach all the time, keep feeding me, man. Keep feeding me. I might not do it, but it might make me think of something else or it might make me realize something that I didn't think. Yep. So I, I think that's a good way. And the people that spend a lot of money – to follow these gamblers, to me, that's nuts. You know, I mean, I would never do that, but that that makes more sense to me than just tailing, tailing a random. <laughs> I mean, it's because those guys are actually using analytics and diving deep into games and and all that. Where you're not getting average Joe doing that. They're they're just looking at a line. Hey, that that looks good. Let me let me go with that. Well, that's why we always talk about the big out of the fish system because. If you look at it and you know 80% of the people mm -hmm. are looking at the best team and picking the best team, then you should probably bet the other way. And I'll just tell you a story about Big Al the Fish. When he was really back in the day gambling with a, with a bookie off to the side, he'd call his bookie and say, who's everybody playing? And they'd say, oh, they're playing Kentucky tonight. He said, well, give me Florida. Because he, he wanted to bet with the bookies. Because, you know, the bookmakers usually seem to win. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that that's how that system uh, came about. Interesting. But, yeah, and, and that's why we always talk about it. But 
You know, bookies were illegal, right? Uh, yeah, that was all for <laughs> recreational purposes only. You know those cards that say that at the top? There was no money being transferred in those things. But the the bookmakers, man, gosh, it, it ruined a lot of guys' careers, didn't it? By the way, how, how brave do you have to be to be a bookie? Well. Like, you could take a bath so easy. Yeah. And, and the hard part, and I know some people that did it on the side years ago, and here, here's where you get in trouble as a bookie. Somebody starts losing to you, and they keep losing, and you let them roll, and they keep losing, then what do you do? Do you go break their, you break their hands, break right. their leg? A lot of people don't pay, and they, they move on, and people, you know, they go to somebody else, and they lose their reputation with those people. But I, I know a lot of people who owed people money and didn't. Well, the, if the bookie didn't pay them, you know, then the bookie had no credibility. But if the if you were if I was doing it and I, I was down five grand and I said I don't have five grand and I just stopped calling you, well, you know, you can threaten me, you can do whatever. But what do you do if you're just you know scooter the bookie? I mean, that's kind of on the bookie, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you can't let it get past nope. a certain threshold. You you you, you get up to like five hundred dollars that you owe me. You're paying or you're not placing any more bets. It's as simple as that. Exactly. But a lot of guys. That I know, but people, you know, and, and like John always says, what is Monday night for? I get back, man. I'm losing, getting back tonight. And that's what happens with people, you know, who get in too deep. They just keep trying and they'll go somewhere else and they just keep losing. And it's amazing how when it's 50 50 all the time that you lose. Yeah. It's crazy. It is but, crazy. But let's switch it over. Let's switch it over to pro football for a little bit. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, they hire Mike McDonald to a six year contract, Ravens defensive coordinator. What do you know about him? Uh, nothing. Exactly. He's he's got a good defense. <laughs> That's exactly what I, I wanted to see what your answer was because that was mine. He's thirty six years old. You know, he was Ravens defense coordinator. Thirty six years old. Pete Carroll, who they fired, was seventy two years old. Thirty six years. I don't count real well, but thirty six years difference in the head coach that they hired. That's so, two years older than me. Head that, coach in the NFL. That's wild. Yeah, he's the youngest and. uh uh, Mayo, I think, with the Patriots is like almost a year younger. But, you know, Pete Carroll was 72 years old. He was there 14 years. And I sent you a picture before we came on the air. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike McDonald's wife was a Washington former Redskins cheerleader. And she lived in the Virginia area. And he was up for these jobs. And he took the Seattle job. I'm not saying Washington offered him the job, but his wife from the area everything about it, and he goes to the other coast. So that tells me Washington is still looking for a coach, and Ben Johnson, I, mean, I know everybody's probably heard this that follows sports, the Lions offense coordinator, who everybody thought was waiting to take a head coaching job, tells Seattle and Washington that he was staying in Detroit. What would you think about that? That I mean, smart move. It seems like the Detroit Lions have got a very limited window to be able to capitalize on what they've built. So I didn't. I didn't disagree at all with him, with him staying. By the way, did do you not know about the commander's job? No, what they, they get we got a job. It's full. Yeah, we're done. That's why I got to tip my hat to you because you shouted out and said Bill Belichick would not be hired. Bill Belichick will not be hired. Uh, I've got that down below this one. My next comment: Who 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 they hire? So they are hiring, and the texter brings it up on the text line: Dan Quinn to the commanders today. No more NFL openings, or is there still a vacancy out there? No more vacancies. Well, I rolled on here, too. I should have I waited. I put Washington, Dan Quinn, question mark, Belichick, <laughs> no job. Scratch uh, out the question mark. Yeah, put I, an exclamation yeah, mark. Yeah, I can, I can do that. <laughs> but here, here's the most interesting thing to me about that Seattle job. Geno Smith, 
they have to make a decision on Geno Smith by February 16th. If they keep him, they owe him $12.7 million guaranteed. Oh, no way. There's no, no way. way. No, I mean, you, you bank on the on the draft at this point or go with Drew Locke. Yeah, you're, you're not giving Geno that money. No shot. I couldn't believe what I read that. Guaranteed 12.7. It's got to happen before February 16th. Fall. Seahawk fans, you're going to be losing Geno Smith at some time <laughs> this month. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a – that's an interesting thing that just popped up when I was doing a little research. So, By the but, way, another texter, Buzz texted and said, 60, you're just a kid. I know. Buzz always says that. Buzz, Buzz, has, Buzz, you're not getting older. You're just more experienced, and you're getting better <laughs> with age. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and take a break, Scoot. We're listening to, you're listening to Spears on Sports with Scooter and Tony today here on the Big X. Back here on the Big X, Scoot and Tony doing uh, reporting from for the Big X for Big John down there. He's at Kennesaw State tonight. Bellarmine will play Kennesaw State, and then they will travel to Queens College uh, University, which is in Charlotte. I knew that when John said that the other day. So Bellarmine. On the road, they'll have a tough one tonight. I think they're about a nine-point underdog tonight. I was going to ask you. And uh, so they need some wins to get into the A-Sun tournament. They only have one conference win. If they can get a couple, they might be able to sneak in the back door. And I know uh, – I don't want to say John's brought them down, but, you know, he just joined <laughs> the the radio staff and the team. And He's he been getting a lot of heat. Them. Yeah, a lot of heat. So <laughs> we'll see how that works out for him. But he did uh, – did meet with a friend of ours down there and just outside Atlanta. Kennesaw State's on the north part of Atlanta. It's a suburb. And uh, our buddy uh, Big D uh, from over in southern Indiana, Damian Burke, met with him. And they went out to dinner last night, so I know he enjoyed that. But let's go to the NBA. Let's go to the association. Real, qu- real ahead, quick, Tony. Let me, let me hit the text yeah. line because there's an yes, NFL sir. text. says, Mike Vrabel still out there? I would have thought for sure a team would have snatched him up. Well, you just came over and talked to me, and we were talking about guys that, that Belichick not getting the job, and that's exactly what we were talking about. And uh, I, I thought he would get one of those jobs. I think he's the kind – I don't think he did a – you know, he didn't do a terrible job at Tennessee. I think he's a player's kind of coach. He gets yeah. into the right situation with the right players. They'll win. But, yeah, he's sitting at home right now, and uh, we both were just talking about that off the air, about how we thought Vrabel would, would have a job, and he did not get one. Yeah, very surprising. Yeah, so, you know, you never know about the NFL. And like John said, the NFL, there's always something going on in the NFL. And uh, they do market the NFL uh, excellent. And they're not doing anything different, firing coaches, picking up coaches, not bringing guys back, all those good things. But let's, let's flip it over to the uh, NBA for a minute or two. Uh, last night, Kevin Durant went back to Brooklyn. Did you watch in that game? I did not. No, I didn't catch any NBA action. I was locked in on some college basketball last yeah. night. Well, you know, I had different televisions going. Yeah, you got late. the f- six TV set up, and I yeah, don't have that. you know, I, I multitask. <laughs> I, I got the Kentucky game on, and I've got the Purdue game on. And my wife goes, "Can you turn that television off? I can't watch two games at one time." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, uh, I've only got two on, honey." Uh, but Kevin Durant goes back to Brooklyn, where you know all those great things were going to happen in Brooklyn when Durant got there, and Irving, and all those guys. And Durant comes back, puts 33 on him last night, and. 
Phoenix had a big lead in that game, and Brooklyn came back late in that game. But the uniforms is what I was going to ask you about. Brooklyn's uniforms, oh my goodness, throwbacks. They weren't throw. Uh, they weren't throwbacks. They they looked like they had patches of different colors. You know how the uh, the clowns wear all different color patches <laughs> all over them. That was their uniform last night. And you know, I know the NBA markets well too, and they sell jerseys and they sell jerseys. But I just couldn't stop looking at those uniforms because I'm like, what are they wearing? They kind of look like throwbacks, though. Yeah, with the stripes along the middle. Well, they had all the different color, and I, it just it was crazy looking to me. But that's one thing. John always talks about the ABA. I used to go out to all the ABA games when the New York Nets played there and Virginia Squires. And I think I said this one time, but I got Doc, I got Julius Irving's autograph with the Virginia Squires, and he signed it, Julius Irving. And then later on, years later, he was playing with the New York Nets, and I got his autograph, and he signed it, Dr. J. So it was so cool standing around and watching those guys uh, – you know, and then they all went over to the NBA when they left the Colonels behind. But going back to the NBA, I got off track. I, there. I like the jerseys. Do you? I do. Yeah. I don't, I didn't say I disliked them. They just they kind of annoyed me. I mean, you only the got the, you only got the patch on the upper right shoulder and then on the shorts. Well, the shorts had them on the back. And oh, okay. Front when they when they were had their back to you, you could see where the red and blue and whatever colors were on there. So. I'm I'm old guy like John, so I guess that you know you're a young guy, I'm an old guy. But uh wait, you're talking about Brooklyn's jersey. Brooklyn's. Oh, okay. oh not Phoenix. Phoenix just had that. Phoenix is like the throwback jersey. Yes. No, I'm yeah, talking okay. about Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn's jersey's horrible. <laughs> okay. That yeah, that looks I don't like those. And the shorts are just like it, so yeah. it, it's just it's it's a horrible look. It but is. I, I guess if the young kids like it, they say, you know, go with it. But uh, I tell you what, sometimes I feel like John. I get to be grumpy old man, but I have to call John off the ledge most of the time. Also, a guy coming back last night on the late game last night, Dame Lillard, went back to Portland last night where he played 11 years in Portland. Uh, he got a one-minute standing ovation by the Portland fans, yeah, which I cool. thought was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's been the, the Portland Trailblazers for the last 11 years, but Blazers ruined – uh, Milwaukee Bucks come back. They beat them 119 to 116 last night. Dame had 25, 6, and 7. So he did his part. He just needed some help. He said after the game that, which I found very interesting, that he would be open to a return to Portland that. before the end of his career. Yeah. That's very interesting. I think after he wins the championship in Milwaukee is what he meant. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. All right. I, I got to talk about one of my favorite players in the NBA. I want, I want your opinion. Grayson Allen? No. James Harden. No. Ben Simmons. Oh, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons with the Nets. How many three-pointers do you think he's hit in his career? Three. Five. Five total three-pointers I mean, he doesn't career. even shoot them now. No. He, he, he's never healthy. He's had mental problems. When he was at LSU, when the season, when they he didn't go to the NIT, he said, I'm not playing anymore. He left. I mean, ultimate team player in my book, you know, ultimate team player. But two days ago, he, he played a game after 38-game absence. He went 8, 10, and 11, and then he was he's hurt again. He's not playing. He had missed 30 uh, – no, after a 38-game absent, absence, he came back and played one game, and now he's back out. And they're paying him a ton of money to not play. Me and you can do that, Scoot. Yeah. We show a, up one game. What a life. Yeah, so – I've just never been a Ben Simmons fan, and when I saw that, it just it just rubbed me wrong. He's still with Brooklyn. He's with Brooklyn. Yeah, 
So lots of money for a guy to sit on the bench and watch the games. I, I can watch the games for a lot less than that. But to, uh, Embiid, they're on television tonight. The Sixers, the late game is Philadelphia Sixers and the Utah Jazz. No Embiid, mm. no Maxi. Utah is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, and that is the late game on TNT. Now, how many people are going to watch the Sixers without Embiid and Maxi against the Utah Jazz? Uh, nobody outside of Utah Jazz or 76ers fans will watch that. You're exactly right. It's at 10 o'clock. If you're on the East Coast, there's no way when you flip that over you're going to go. You're, you're watching the first game, Lakers and Celtics. Celtics, 11-and-a-half-point favorite at home. And a lot of people will tune in because it's the Lakers and the Celtics. But that second game, I mean, I know they're obligated. They've already put that game on there. But that's if you want to go to bed tonight, Scoot, you can't go to sleep, turn that game on. You'll go right to bed. <laughs> so, yeah, the Sixers have lost four straight uh, on a five-game road trip because they're beat up. And I was looking last night that the, the Mavericks got beat 121-87 to in Milwaukee. No Kyrie, no Luka. So how would you like to be the Dallas Maverick fan living in Milwaukee and you buy your kids tickets and you show up or you're heading to the game and they go, Luka and Kyrie are out tonight. Yeah, that sucks. Like, oh, man, that's my luck. Actually, yeah. I saw a um, – I guess this was last week. A girl showed up for – or a woman showed up for a – Warriors game. She was always she's always been a big Steph Curry fan. Would all she wanted to do was watch him. Spent like a, an absurd amount on tickets, and then he doesn't play. Like, and I, and I understand that NBA tried to put rules in effect where this kind of thing doesn't happen. But the fact of the matter is, it's always going to happen. And it just if you have terrible luck, it might happen to you. Hopefully, it doesn't. Yeah, Zach Levine went off on the sixty-five game that gets the. Uh, higher up that this is stupid that you're doing this oh, yeah. and, all that. and and it, it and it's put in for rest and he goes well if you want the best product these guys got to rest but when you're making millions and millions of dollars and i watch a lot of stuff kobe bryant used to say and i know it's a different age but felt like it was his obligation to play every night to be in shape yeah. to do that stuff now if you're hurt you're hurt but when you go you know the, the spurs put that in with pop a while back you know when they had duncan and you know, all those Why? guys, yeah. And they, they, they would sit those guys, and you only get to town one time, and then all of a sudden you miss out. So that's just the way it is. Life's tough. You don't always get what you want, do you, Scoot? You don't, but if you're getting paid 25 30 50 million, you should be playing every game. You show up for work every day, right? I do, and I'm not getting paid millions of dollars. <laughs> I'm getting paid way less than that. I hit a clock for 34 years, man. I had to be there at a certain time. I had to go to lunch at a certain time. Yeah. I had to get all, uh leave work at a certain time. So I don't ever feel sorry for guys making millions and millions of dollars complaining about how hard they have to work. But. By the way, a couple more texts into the Thornton's text yep. line. Jimmy Ref says Scooter and Tony sound great, and then he proceeds to say John who. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, what You got any more? That's it. Okay. Hey, uh, same with something real quick in the association, a couple of quick things. Uh, Miami ended a seven-game losing streak last night against Sacramento. Jimmy Butler had 31 Miami's not the kind of team that loses seven games in a row, mm -mm. the way they play. And that, that was an interesting uh, thing there. I don't know what's going on down there in Miami. Oh, they've really struggled since Rozier got traded. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it's it's about the, you know, guys meshing and fitting 
and sometimes it it takes a long time to get those guys to work their way in. Also, last night, uh, Rosier had three points. By the way, last night, did he? Sheesh. Maybe he should have stayed in uh, Charlotte. There. Uh, uh, OKC last night beat Denver 105-100. to uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 34 again last night. Maybe the best player in the league that people don't see enough of. Yeah. Joker didn't play, though, for, for Denver last night, so that has a lot to do with Shea's that. Shea's an all-star starter, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. And uh, every bit deserved him. Remember when he came from Canada to, to UK? He was an afterthought. And he, you know, after one year, he can't go pro. He's not that good. Well, he sure has proved people wrong. And he never looks like he's in a hurry. Yep. And he always gets to the basket or pulls up and shoots it. But, okay, that's enough NBA. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit a couple things real quick before we get off here, Scoot. Uh, Pebble Beach starts today. The yes. Pro-Am, they've changed a whole lot there. They've only playing two courses. They're playing uh, Pebble and Spyglass. No Monterey Peninsula. Um, no amateurs playing on the weekend, so you're not, there's no Bill Murray, there's no Ray Romano. What they've done is they've cut it down from uh, the field, uh, the Pro-Am, from 156 players to 80. Nick Dunlap's going to play his first pro event. He won as an amateur just recently. Terrell Hatton's going to the Live Tour. Um, Roy McElroy is changing his opinion about the Live Tour. He thinks he is, we need yeah. to get together so we can get yeah. the best golfers, and Justin Thomas trying to make that great comeback. And the one thing I really want to get to, Baltimore Orioles were sold for $1.7525 billion. Peter Angelos bought that in 1993 for $173 million. <laughs> so pretty good profit there. I want you to, on, uh, on the 6th, turn on the Edmonton Oilers trying to get their 18th straight win. Uh, the Cards play Saturday night at 8 o'clock on the ACC Network. Cats play at 8.30 against Tennessee. Uh, Louisville's playing Florida State. Kentucky plays Tennessee at 8.30 on ESPN. And one question before I get out of here. What do you think of LSU women basketball and Kim Mulkey? Anything specific or just my just thoughts overall? Your thoughts in general. Um, without sounding too harsh, not a, not a Kim Mulkey fan. I'm not. I'm not a fair, fan of her flair. Uh, her attire, her the way she carries herself. Just, I'm just not a big LSU. I, I I really enjoy when South Carolina just pounds it to them. Uh, they've lost their last two. Enjoyed it because they're paying those girls a lot of money, <laughs> and it's all about the it's all about the green, as John would say. By the way, how can you name? How can you say that the Orioles were sold and not bring up that Cal Ripken was part of that? I'm sorry. I mean that's awesome. I'm sorry. That is awesome. I had it written down too. I was just trying to hit it quick before we got out of here because whenever somebody sells something for 1.7 billion that they bought for 173 million, <laughs> I want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but, I saw that flash across the screen last night. I was like, Cal Ripken was in on that. How cool is that? Yeah, I mean that's I, that's like he he because he played there his whole career, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So but not many people did that. Of course, the Iron Man streak, and uh, he is Baltimore Oriole baseball. Pretty awesome. And Scoot, I want to thank you, man. Uh, it's I love being in here doing this. At, I'm still learning and trying not to mess it up too bad. But uh, <laughs> TJ, did y'all did a great job yesterday. Thank you. And uh, thanks for pulling me through today. Of course. Yeah. No, you you definitely you'll get better as time goes along. I thought today was a lot better than your last last debut. Oh, cool. So. Uh, doing, doing the homework, man. Trying to do the homework <laughs> and staying up. Your on leg it. up on John. You got it right, brother. <laughs> All righty. Well. You're listening to Spears on Sports with Scoot and Tony. And uh, the big guy should be back in the chair on Monday. Have a good weekend.